Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvot Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. We are located at the corner of Boulevard and Grove, across from the Art Museum. For more information, you can visit our website at tikvotisrael.com. There, you can support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and contact us with any questions or comments. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. So, Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. Uh, we thank you that um, you are a, um, a God of your Word, and that when you say something will happen, then it will surely happen. Um, and your promises are true, and yes, and amen. And we pray that your word would go forth from Zion to the ends of the earth, that it would bless those who hear it and build up your community, O God. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. The first time I saw my wife, really saw her, was on what was to become our first date. Of course, I'd seen her many times before, but... I think you'll get what I mean. It started off as just a get-together for dinner. Uh, She showed up uh, downstairs of my apartment in a a pretty blue dress, and uh, we walked uh, to a new local restaurant. And uh, as we were eating, she told me something, which shall remain between us for now, and it kind of unlocked a place in my heart, and it was as if a veil came off my eyes. And even though we had been friends for about four years, and even though I'd seen her many times, that evening was like seeing her for the first time. Revelation is the same as unveiling in the scriptures. And that is what scripture is, particularly the gospels. Revelation, as if a veil is coming off the narratives of Israel, and we're seeing it again for the first time. About a month ago, as I mentioned, I gave a sermon entitled The Kingdom of Heaven, Part 1. The Kingdom of God versus the Kingdom of Babel. And if you missed it, I encourage you to check it out on our website or wherever you get your podcasts. However, today I'm going to be continuing the series with The Kingdom of Heaven, Part 2. The Kingdom Reversed renewed, and revealed. The central idea from my last sermon was that there are two kingdoms at odds with one another. There's the kingdom of God, also known as the kingdom of heaven, and there's the kingdom of Babel, which we know to be Babylon, right? Remember, Babel is first mentioned as the Tower of Babel. This kingdom is the kingdom of self, Remember the Tower of Babel? Remember the kingdom of Babylon under, under Nebuchadnezzar? He was, he was boasting in his own kingdom. Remember Pharaoh in Egypt? Remember Adam and Eve's first mistake? This is the kingdom of Babel. Let's build up a name for ourselves. Let's try to reach heaven and take over the throne. Let's redefine good and evil so we can justify ourselves. Let's try to be our own God. To sum up, this kingdom says, it's all about me, Yeshua, and all this is for me, 
For my glory and my fame. You guys might want to step back in case I'm hit by lightning or something like that. Okay? But that is the kingdom of Bavel. And then by contrast, we have the kingdom of God. Be fruitful and multiply. That is, bring the knowledge of God's love and his ways to the ends of the earth. Israel will bless the nations. And we humans will be stewards Stewards of the creation, or in a sense, co-creators under the authority of the creator, king, father, Hashem. This kingdom is displayed very clearly in the narrative of Joseph, who suffered rejection from his brothers, but then turned and revealed himself, forgave them, saved them, and the surrounding nations from famine. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of forgiveness, reconciliation, justice, mercy. And then a few years after Joseph's story, the kingdom of God breaks through against the kingdom of Babel dramatically in the Exodus, where God rescues his children from slavery in order to give them his Torah and his good land. And when the kingdom of God confronts the kingdom of Babylon, sometimes you get something dramatic and terrifying like the exodus through a divided sea to escape slavery and Pharaoh's fast approaching army. Sometimes you get something totally unexpected, like a baby born of a virgin amongst some smelly animals inside a horse trough. And that brings us to the Greek scriptures, the apostolic writings, commonly called the New Testament, and to the narrative of Yeshua of Nazareth. Here comes the mighty king to rescue us, deliver us, to be born in a trough, and then suffer and die naked and rejected, impaled on a pole. Can this really be the climax of the kingdom of God? It must be, and it must be the kingdom reversed, renewed, and revealed. You see, the great deliverers in the Tanakh, the Hebrew scriptures, they were all men of war and violence, which God seemed to allow, at least for that season. To deliver the Israelites from Egypt, Pharaoh and his army were drowned in the Red Sea. Joshua conquered the land through violence. Think of Samson delivering Israel from the Philistines through brute, violent strength. Think of King David's might against the Philistines. All these were overcoming evil, such as idolatry, but they were doing it through force. Most of our superheroes fit this bill. These are the heroes we, we write about the ones we imagine, Iron Man, Batman, Captain America, bringing justice and sticking up for the little guy through brute strength. And then we come to Yeshua, who said this, how blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. He also said, yes, I tell you that among those born of women, there is not arisen anyone greater than Yohanan the Immerser or John the Baptist. 
Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. A few weeks ago, I taught Spanish part-time to some students in Petersburg. And when they lined up, they always wanted to be at the front of the line. Sometimes they didn't care who was in their way. They'd be pushing and shoving to get to the front, acting out their own little mini kingdom of Babel. So I found myself saying, the first shall be last, at least once a day. I'm not sure it actually dawned on them that this was a quote from Yeshua and all that that implied, but it felt good saying it. The first shall be last. And then if they didn't get it, I'd just say, you have to go to the end. What kind of talk is this? What kind of king is this? This is what Rabbi Resnick calls divine reversal. I mean... Can you imagine our superheroes like Batman saying something like this? If someone strikes you on one cheek, offer him the other one. <laughs> no, you can't, can't imagine that, right? <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. The kingdom of God, as revealed in Yeshua's story, is both a confirmation of the kingdom of God in the Tanakh and a radical renewal of that kingdom. It's the kingdom reversed, renewed, and revealed. It's like seeing your wife again for the first time and in a moment having revelation that this is the one that God put on earth to partner with you. And the veil comes off your eyes and the angels sing, Yeshua's kingdom is like that. If I may summarize Yeshua's teaching on the kingdom of God, also called the kingdom of heaven, all of the following statements are summaries of Yeshua's words or direct quotes in the Gospels of Luke and Matthew. And this is what he says. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of God is theirs. When you are persecuted for doing right, the kingdom of God is yours. Whoever obeys and teaches others to follow the Torah will be great in the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, the smallest of seeds which becomes larger than any garden plant and turns into a tree. The kingdom of heaven is a treasure in a field which a man sold all he had just to buy that field. The greatest in the kingdom of heaven are the little children, the humble the poor, the outcast, the broken, the weak, and those that are sold out for God, who cling to the Torah and to the love of the Father. The kingdom of heaven is forgiveness, as Joseph forgave his brothers. For we know that our Father has already forgiven us much, so we should forgive our brothers and sisters. The kingdom of God is the gospel, the good news, healing, the forgiveness of sins, and reconciliation. Now, the language of the gospel accounts always says something like this. The kingdom of God is near, or the kingdom of God is at hand. This implies that with Yeshua's ministry comes the kingdom, but not all of the kingdom in fullness. I could say that the high holidays are at hand. Right? Just as it says in the scripture, the kingdom of God is at hand. 
But that would not imply, that would imply, of course, that we're in the season of Rosh Hashanah, but it's not quite upon us, right? Or I could say that the art museum is, is near, just as the kingdom of God is near, but that doesn't mean that we have a Frank Lloyd Wright, you know, table in the middle of our sanctuary, right? When a king is crowned or a president becomes president, we call that an inauguration. It is the beginning of a reign, the end of one era and the start of another. The kingdom of that individual is then at hand. So the ministry of Yeshua healing and delivering, teaching and bringing forgiveness, that is the inauguration of the kingdom of God. And it is at the beginning of the end of the kingdom of Babylon. It is the beginning of the end of that other kingdom, the one of violence and greed, kingdom of self, kingdom of oppressing the poor, the kingdom of idolatry and immorality and evil. Right before he is put to death on the, on the stake, Yeshua has a last meal, it's actually a Passover meal, with his students. And he tells them this in Luke 22, verses 14 through 16. When the time came, Yeshua and the emissaries reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have really wanted so much to celebrate this Seder with you before I die. For I tell you, it is certain I will not celebrate it again until it is given its full meaning in the kingdom of God. In other words, this is at the end of Yeshua's ministry, and he's teaching that he's going to come back to finish that kingdom work. His ministry, his teaching, his life, death, resurrection, they're just the inauguration of the kingdom of God, and that the restoration of all things and the full convergence of the kingdom of heaven onto the earth is coming at a later date but it is coming. When Yeshua celebrates the Seder with us again, on that day, it will be that future Passover, that future Exodus, where God will confront the kingdom of evil once and for all and bring all things, all things, under his dominion and authority. And after Yeshua made this statement about the future, he submitted himself unto death on the execution stake. But why? The children of Adam have given repeatedly into this kingdom of Babylon. Self-promotion, idolatry, greed, sexual immorality, violence, and corruption. And as we have made this choice, sin and death have entered into this world. But the narrative of Scripture is the story of how God's kingdom is confronting this evil and healing our world with his covenantal kingdom love. And so Yeshua, once and for all, took on the natural consequence of everything wrong that the children of Adam have ever done, and he laid down his life. And then he was raised from the dead, to display to the whole world that the kingdom of Babylon, sin and death, 
have nothing against the power and love of God's kingdom. He received death and he lived that we may have life. Let me say that again. He received death and he lived that we may have life, that we would be empowered to be what we were always called to be, ambassadors of the kingdom of God, that kingdom of restoration, healing, forgiveness, and love. Mishpucha, let us boldly proclaim this kingdom and this gospel in resurrection power until the day that Yeshua comes back to rule and reign over all things from his throne in Yerushalayim. Amen? All right. Well, let's pray. Avinu, Malkenu, our Father and our King, we thank you for your kingdom. We pray that your kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom of restoration, your kingdom of healing, your kingdom of forgiveness, your kingdom of love. Mold us, shape us, O oh God. Prepare us to be ambassadors for your kingdom. Heal us from the inside out that we can heal others. Restore us that we can restore others in your power. Forgive us, O oh God, that we can forgive others in your power. That your word, your Torah would go forth to the ends of the earth and that you would reign over all and be all in all. We want to see you on your throne, and we want to worship you there in your rightful place. We don't want to take your throne, oh God. We don't want to usurp your authority, but we want to worship you as our king and as our loving father. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen.